Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. There's a club that's relatively new to St. Louis, but already making a big impact. And the weird thing about this club is that few of us would willingly join it. It's called the Modern Widows Club. It's open to those who've lost a spouse or a partner. The focus is on younger widows, women whose husbands died long before most of us would ever expect it. The club's co-leaders are Cindy Williams and Destiny Klimaszowski. They each found themselves in that situation in the last decade, and as they'll tell us on the show, it wasn't easy at all. But the club has become a source of comfort and support for them and for dozens of other St. Louis area women, and they're here today to tell us all about it. So, Cindy Williams, welcome to the show. Thank you. And Destiny Klimaszowski, welcome. Thank you. So, Cindy, I understand this started with you. What made you realize we need a support group for younger widows? Combination of things. I think, um, first of all, I, I noticed that people wanted to hear my story. A lot of people were just moved by hearing the details, and I've always been very open and um, vulnerable when it comes to kind of sharing my journey with this. And then the first time I met another widow, and finally had that connection of someone that understood the things I was saying without having to explain it to death. Um, that connection was so powerful and so comforting. That, you felt that right away. Yes, and it was different than any other support group kind of experience I'd had up until that point. And why not just join a support group for all widows, which I assume probably skews quite old. Had you tried that and, and just not found what you were looking for? Yeah, I did. I tried a couple, and I did one was very helpful um, through a hospice. It was a widow, widow and widower's group. It was short term, though. It was very focused on certain topics each week, and that was helpful in mm -hmm. kind of navigating the grief um, and getting that first little connection with other widows. Um, I wasn't a fan of the male and female mix in the, in the group. And then um, another support group I had tried, it was just a lot of people in a different place, not so much age-wise necessarily, but... Um, those who are finished with careers, finished with raising kids, you know, um, and just in a very different place, having 50 years of marriage versus 16. So it just didn't feel comforting. It felt awkward. Mm -hmm. So you decided you've got to get something started on your own. Um, Destiny, how did you end up sort of joining up with this effort? Well, I had met, met with... I had met Cindy um, on an online widows group, and we just instantly connected. Um, I came over to her house one night, and, you know, we laughed, cried, shared stories, and we just instantly connected. And she had came to me, you know, asking me if I had ever heard of Modern Widows Club and that she felt like it would be beneficial to get started in our area. And, you know, I already have a lot on my plate, and I figured, you know, it's people look to me for hope and it's time to give back and I decided just to jump on board with her and follow her lead. So this was a national organization and you guys decided we need a St. Louis chapter. Yes. yes. So how do you even begin to go about starting a chapter and I'm sure part of the issue is you need to find other widows. Right. And we had found widows. I mean that part was easy. They had found us. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I had found um, Modern Widows Club online, their Instagram and Facebook, and was following it. And they post a lot of educational pieces about the statistics about widows, um, the things that are kind of more challenging to younger widows, um, kind of the modern, modern widow idea versus younger widow. Um, and so that really helped kind of normalize my experience, knowing that there was a bigger network of women, that someone had already created the wheel. Mm -hmm. I had actually had a couple widows say, oh, we need a group. 
And then when I got together with them, it was more of like, hey, let's go grab wine on Friday. And I'm like, uh, you know, that's great. There's a need for that. But I kind of wanted a little bit more meat and a little bit more value to it. So you didn't want this just to be social. Right. What were you looking for? Almost a support group kind of feeling? Yeah. And actually, I work. I'm a social worker. Um, so I do a lot of counseling professionally in my role in hospice. And so um, I, somewhere in the middle not necessarily a support group where it was all about the grief and all about the initial story and the trauma. But I think what's unique to younger widows is that we don't have, and I use the word luxury because I'm sure that women who were married 50 years and really, um, you know, overcome by their grief don't feel it's a luxury. But those of us that are younger and kind of have to get back to work, have to get a kid up in the morning and change diapers and pay bills and all those things that, and don't have that network of people that understand us, our closest friends don't get it. Um, it just, it's different. And so um, we really have to find hope mm -hmm. and have to find um, kind of that glimmer that, oh my gosh, I will overcome this because you don't feel like you will when it first happens. At the same time, as, as you mentioned, I mean, this is not like being an older widow where your biggest problem might be just being alone and having so many hours to fill. Having young kids, you're mm -hmm. so busy and, you know, having jobs. And this seems like maybe the hardest time of your life to start a club. How do you end up carving out space so that you can make room for what starting an organization entails? I mean, it's really tough. I mean, we both have our full-time jobs. We both have kids and and, you know, just a family to take care of. But, um, you know, it, it's something that's important to us. And when it's important, you find time, you make time. And, you know, I mean, even today, you know, I, I, I didn't have a sitter. So, you know, the kiddo's sitting in the other room, but you just make it work. And you just know that people are needing this as much as you once needed it and still do need it. And you just make it work. We're talking to the co-leaders of the Modern Widows Club chapter here in St. Louis. That's Cindy Williams and Destiny Klimaszowski. And if you're listening and want to join our conversation, we're wondering in particular if, if you've lost a spouse or a partner at a young age and what got you through that difficult time. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, Cindy, I know you had said earlier in the conversation that your story is one that, that you've grown very comfortable in telling. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering if you'd be able to share just a little bit with our listeners. Sure. Um, what happened? What made you a widow? Um, had, you know, the typical marriage, um, met my husband in high school. We were best friends and it grew from there. Um, got married, had the kids, had the, you know, normal life. And at one one day I um, had decided to go out of town to visit um, some friends in Arkansas just for a weekend trip. And we had gone back and forth on going, uh, a friend of mine and I. And so we headed out on a Friday afternoon, um, hugged and kissed our husbands goodbye, and um, drove down to Arkansas six hours away and showed up late, um, you know, left my husband Joe with the kids as, you know, he was, he was amazing. He was an awesome dad. So um, really kind of just let my hair down and got to, you know, be with her for the weekend. And then I woke up in the morning and was getting ready and um, got a call from my son uh, that dad was cold and wouldn't wake up. And so um, the words just honestly didn't even make sense mm -hmm. at that time. Like, I can't these these kinds of um, stories are the moment where like you look at another widow and they get it and everybody else looks at you with like horror, like I can't imagine. And 
and it's true. I don't I don't want anybody to imagine. But when I can sit with other widows and they get what that moment is like. Um, so, you know, driving six hours back into town, um, trying to comfort my kids from six hours away. And how old were your kids at this time? Eight, 12, and 16. So they were old enough to comprehend what was happening, mm-hmm. but I'm sure not old enough to even be able to get their heads around this. Right. I mean, for those six hours, was there someone who, who came over to be with them? How did you even deal with that? Yeah, I was very blessed to have a, an amazing um, support community between family and friends, my church, um, the kids' school even. Everybody was amazing. So... Um, as soon as I got, it, it was awful. I had to tell my 16-year-old son um, that this is the, you know, one time in life that I hope you can forgive me for not being able to buffer life from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because he was there, I, I knew he needed to call 911. So getting off the phone with him in that moment was probably one of the most difficult things I'll ever have to do in my life. And he made um, that call. Mm-hmm. And he had to make the call. I called my um, 12-year-old son's phone and told him to go next door to the neighbor's. Um, and to tell them that something was wrong with dad and that, um, to stay there until we got in touch with them. So, and then I called, you know, just started calling family, um, called his parents. It was again, that's, that's a hard one to talk about. Yeah. Calling his parents to tell them was terrible. Um, and it's amazing hearing yeah. you relate this story that even in the moment of the greatest shock of your life, there you were being the mom. Mm-hmm. You had to continue to take care mm. of the situation and to troubleshoot. And yes. I imagine that probably went on even in the following days. You couldn't just give up control and, and let go. Yeah, actually, I think that's one area where I think one of the reasons I feel so driven to do this for other widows is that what I hear from other widows again and again is that they didn't have the blessing of the support community I had. Mm. So, um, you know, in that first few moments, absolutely, I went into um, solution mode, um, called the people I had to call to get help to my kids. And then as soon as I knew that was that was taken care of, I was able to fully and completely break down. Um, was with one of my best friends. And, um, you know, you see those scenes in the movie where, you know, the woman falls to the floor and grabs the carpet and screams this terrible scream. And that was me. And, you know, it's it's so moving in the in the movies because it really is how it feels in that moment to kind of have that kind of devastation. But I had a lot of friends around me, Um, the friend that was with me out of town. We were gone back in the car on the road within, I think, five or 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And when I looked back, it was insane to me because it felt like hours, those few moments. But she got me back home safe somehow. And I really was able to just pull my kids close to me and be loved on. And I know that a lot of widows, that's not their experience. Mm -hmm. Destiny, I understand your story is so much different. Um, Maybe one of the few points of commonality is that you too had a high school sweetheart. Yeah, um, I met my husband, Corey, when I was 15. Um, He, you know, we just became known instantly as Corey and Destiny. We weren't just each other's own person. We were a duo and we got married quickly out of high school. I was two days past 18 and everyone thought I was crazy. You were so young. I was so young. I knew what I wanted and nobody could stop me. 
And then shortly after, we spent some time together, just us, and had our son Parker um, at the age of 20. And then at 21, um, my future and everything that I had planned came to a crashing halt. Um, We were on our way to an appointment. Um, It wasn't at 2 a.m. or 5 a.m. It was literally like 5 o'clock in the afternoon on a rural road that we had traveled many times before. And we were hit head on um, at 87 miles per hour by a drunk driver. Um, She instantly killed um, my 15-month-old son and 24 hours later took the life of my high school sweetheart. Um, After that, I never stepped foot in my house again. My family thought it would be best at the time if I moved in with them, so I never got to see my house again. I never got to hold my baby again. I never got to be in my car again. So at 21, life as I knew it, you know, completely changed. And I was a childless widow who was once a stay-at-home mom. And I was having to navigate life by myself and discover who destiny was. That sounds like just almost unbearable shock. I'm, I'm wondering how, how long it took you to get to a point where you could even process all the grief and all the loss. Yeah. Um, My mom, she was out of town as well, and she had to make a two-hour drive back home um, to the hospital to come be with me. We were um, life-flighted to a hospital, and, you know, she I don't remember a lot from the accident. The trauma just kind of took over my brain and wouldn't allow me to remember, and I'm still grateful that I only get to know what I want to know by the questions that I ask. I don't have to I don't have to know all the gruesome details, but my mom told me that I had asked over and over again, you know, where's my baby? What happened? And she had to tell me multiple times. And that's when they decided that it was best to medicate me um, so I could survive. But um, I would say about a month in, you know, I was driving around by myself and just crying, asking why me? And I didn't want that drunk driver to take any more of my life. She stole the life of the two people who meant the most to me, and I refused to let her steal my life too. And in that moment, I realized that it was up to me to live out our dreams and everything that we hoped to achieve. And that's when I decided to start putting one foot in front of the other and start living life. I I had to fulfill their dreams. I I couldn't let her steal my life, too. And so you were able to find yourself in that place with, within about a month. Yeah, I mean, it was hard, and I had to make this conscious decision to get up and get dressed and take a shower and leave the house. But um, I definitely didn't want to. It was a conscious decision, and it was more so to fight that feeling of not letting her steal any more from me. So... Now, hearing your two stories today, these are such different stories. And, you know, for Destiny dealing with also having lost her child and then, Cindy, you having your, your children there. And yet it seems like you found such such comfort in each other. Mm-hmm. How does that work when, you know, when the experiences are really so different? The real, I think it's because the reality after the experience, and that's kind of, you actually kind of captured exactly why this group works, because we're not about... Um, as much of focus on the details of how we became a widow, but the experience of going from grief to growth as a widow. Um, And that tends to kind of draw a younger crowd Mm -hmm. just because you don't have that option of... Yeah, we don't get to just sit down and, you know, wallow like in our sorrow. Like we don't have a choice. We have to get up. We still have bills to pay. You know, like Cindy still had kids to take care of. I, I, you know, doctor bills were still coming and I was a stay at home mom. So I still had to get a job and I still had to, 
you know, responsibilities I had to take care of. And I think that's where we all connect is that, you know, life doesn't stop for us. You know, we still had to keep going. And and you did. <laughs> yeah. We're talking to Destiny Klimaszowski and Cindy Williams of the Modern Widows Club, the St. Louis chapter. And we do want to invite you to join this conversation, especially if you've lost a spouse or partner at a young age. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. We need to take a quick break, and we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWM. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at choosewood.com. And now back to our conversation with the Modern Widows Club. We're talking to Cindy Williams and Destiny Klimaszewski. They're the co-leaders of the St. Louis chapter. Now, Cindy, I understand a big game changer for this chapter was finding a donor who was willing to underwrite salaries for the club's leaders. I understand that's not just a St. Louis thing, but but a national thing. What happened? Yeah, so for the local chapters, there's no salary. Um, It's 100% volunteer. We don't get any financial benefit from it ourselves and, in fact, have to fundraise for ourselves. Um, However, on the national level, um, I had actually requested three or four years ago to start a chapter in St. Louis. I knew that far back that there was a need. Um, The fact that Carolyn Capel Moore, who founded Modern Widows Club in 2011, was a huge Cardinals fan, I may or may not have used to my benefit. You've got to play that Uh, (laughs) St. Louis card. (laughs) Right. So um, even with that, I was not getting the response that I was hoping for from them, which really, on my end, I just had no idea why. Um, Last year, I went to Florida and happened to be in the same place as her, I noticed, on social media. And so we um, ended up connecting afterwards, and I reached out to her and was like, oh, gosh, I wish I would have been able to give you a hug. And she's like, that would have been awesome. So um, she had invited me to um, a concert, uh, Carrie Underwood concert, and we got to connect with the Southern Illinois chapter at that time and um, Jen Fortune. And at the end of that um, that evening, she said, well, that was your interview, ladies. We're going to have a chapter for you soon. So um, we were so excited. Um, then we got an invitation to leadership training in October mm-hmm. in Tennessee and a huge fundraiser. And um, it's the only widow organization that does kind of education and empowerment like that, kind mm-hmm. of really investing in the widows and kind of helping them um I guess, step into leadership roles. So we learned a lot more about the organization at that time and found out about um, some of the widows in the group had taken a trip to Israel um, last year and met um, a gentleman that's involved with the Living Legacy Foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, And Richard um, had, had committed to supporting salaries for two years for the organization. Um, but prior to that, we were close We were close to closing our doors because mm-hmm. Carolyn was just a passionate widow like myself trying to start this incredible organization, was getting requests like mine um, from hundreds of people around the country wanting to start this in their community and get this kind of hope in their community. And she just couldn't figure out how to make it work while also paying her bills. Mm-hmm. So um, really, honestly, he was our angel. So um, at that leadership training, he did step up and say that in addition to funding on the national level, he was committing to match up to $5,000 to each local chapter, the new chapters that were starting this year, 
Um, so that was amazing for us to kind of have that hope to know that if we get to that level, we'll get that match. Um, so $5,000 coming in from the outside, that mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a huge amount of money. But what will you be able to do if you get yeah. that and then the, the match that gets it to 10? Yeah, thank you. Because I think a lot of people are like, $5,000, what are you doing with all that? You know, That's a lot of cookies and coffee. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, we really want to do something a little bit more meaningful for these widows that are part of the group. Um, we have a widows empowerment event every year as a national organization. This year it'll be in Houston. And we'd love to send a couple of our widows down and that that cost money. Mm. Um, But we also would like to have a crisis fund for our widows. And we've told our widows from the start that we are not going to support a widows organization on the backs of widows. Um, I have been born and raised in St. Louis. I know that we have some of the most philanthropic, generous, loving people as our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And I think that once they know the need, that they will step out in amazing ways. And I think... um, you know, really meet those needs of these ladies beyond just giving them coffee and cookies at the meetings, but being able to really make a, an impact on their lives, especially and, uh, those that are like devastated. Well, I think oftentimes people think like when you become widowed that you're set for life and you have tons of insurance policies, but oftentimes that's just not the case. And so this crisis fund is really huge for these widows. Um, also, even if you were big at, like um, you chose to get a life insurance policy before um, your husband passed, it takes months sometimes before that comes in. And before those resources even get to these widows, they're losing their houses or their cars or their electrics getting shut off. And we want to make sure that doesn't happen to the widows in our group and give them help where it's needed. You know, unexpected, unexpected expenses happen and they don't have anyone to rely on. So we, with this crisis fund, we really think that we're going to bless a lot of widows. Destiny, just hearing your own story, how you had been this stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. and then after this this terrible accident, that you found yourself having to go back to work, um, <laughs> that just seems like a terrible situation to put a widow in, especially a widow who might have young kids and you know suddenly yeah. having to put them into daycare. Is this something that, that you're seeing with members, that they find their whole financial situation, has, the rug has been pulled out yeah, from under them? I mean, absolutely. They're, they're losing at least 50 to 100 percent of their income, and they're supposed to just jump back in while they're grieving and it takes time and it's hard and it's one of those most stressful things that they're ever going to go through and we just we want to be that that place where they can find hope and you know they're not losing everything that they once had not to mention just you know many women especially in their 20s are still trying to build the career still trying to finish college have those kids pay off that car um, buy that house and then to lose the person that you had all these dreams with and now um, have a a funeral to pay for Mm -hmm. Um, it's amazing the cost of a funeral and um, I don't think that any of us have that amount and there are 20s sitting in the bank ready to go so Um, For women that are already probably living paycheck to paycheck with a husband to then have to handle everything on their own and have this massive expense. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. I want to go to the phone lines. We have uh, Berkeley is calling from St. Charles. Um, Berkeley, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Thank you for joining us. I I understand you've been widowed? Yes, I have. I um, wanted to say hi to Destiny and and Cindy and let them know they're doing a great job. Hi, Berkeley. Thank you. Hey. You guys um, all know each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's an it's a it's a group you never want to become a part of, but once it occurs, it's an incredibly tight knit group. And I think the thing I just wanted to um, to share with what they were saying was, um, you know, each each story has its own trauma associated with it, um, and every one of those stories I think leaves all of us when we hear it with our map on the floor, and you think, how did they deal with that? Um, 
my story's a little different. I've I've actually been widowed twice in mm-hmm. nine and a half years, and um, one was sudden. He collapsed on our patio, and I wasn't home, and my son found him at 18 and started giving him CPR, 911. He never recovered. I remarried, and um, my second husband was diagnosed with um, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and lived for 18 months uh, before he passed away. Oh, my goodness. And so you have, thank you, you have the extreme of, of shock and then knowing it's coming, um, having a 12-year-old and 18-year-old versus I'm at an age in life where my kids are empty nesters, but I'm not even 50 yet. Um, so I, I think that's the benefit of the group is it brings people from all different perspectives together to be able to share not just the story, but the aftermath that comes and the ability to give hope and say that the trauma that you're feeling right now, the searing that your heart's going through, it's terrible. And, and grief never leaves you. I mean, you, you, you deal with it the entire time you're alive, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't ache. It doesn't take you to the ground the way it does in the very beginning. And I think having people to say that, but also to see them living it is a huge benefit. And at the same time, they understand what I'm going through today. And a lot, most of your friends don't. When you're this young, most of your friends are still married, and that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't get what it's like to have every decision you make for your children be 100% on your shoulders. And that the person who was there to carry that burden with and, and, and discipline them with, and you know, just everything that goes with having kids, it's completely gone. And you know, for some people like like the three of us, it was gone instantaneously. Mm-hmm. There was no prep for that. And I remember saying to my daughter one time when she was just being a lovely 13-year-old, I said, you know what? I didn't show up at the funeral home when I took your dad's clothes. They did not give me a brochure on how to do this. I'm figuring this out, too. And I think that was one of the hardest things that I see with friends of mine who've been widowed with, with young kids and teenagers and are still dealing with that is you're going through your own grief, and there's no pause button. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to do the best you can and you're trying to figure out is this grief is this teenage angst what am i going through and how do i respond to it and it is just literally overwhelming um so to be able to go to a group and have somebody just be able to say a comment and everybody's not telling them how to do it which is unfortunately what we get more often from people who haven't experienced it Mm -hmm. they just listen and say "Uh uh-huh i get it and that person may ask for advice. What did you find helpful? What worked for you? But you've got people that you're asking who have a real life experience and a basis grounded in that and not just a speculation. That makes sense. People, um, I would. Not the same. Yeah, Berkeley, I, I see where you're coming from in that. And Cindy, it sounds like you can relate to, to what Berkeley was talking about just now. Absolutely. And um, one of the things that she had said that it really is a, a big resounding feeling in all the widows that I work with as far as their healing journey. You are having so many people who cannot fathom your loss and they want to talk to you about their loss, whether it's, you know, from a pet to their parent to their neighbor. <laughs> they want to talk about their loss and compare it and when it's and such you, a different loss. It is very different and it's and I and I work with loss every single day and every single loss is devastating. Grief is devastating on some level or another because if you loved someone, then you have to pay the price after they're gone um, for that. But the, the loss of a spouse is so incredibly different and it's not better or worse or whatever. It's just very different. And so most of us don't want to get advice from anyone other than someone who's walked in our shoes. Hmm. And yet, by and large, the um, support groups are not run by widows. 
They're run by professionals who are great at walking people through grief, um, but not speaking to widow grief specifically. Mm-hmm. And that's big. So for those of us who might um, find a widow in our lives, a friend of ours, say, who unexpectedly loses their spouse, um, it sounds like it's not good for us to to try to give advice when we haven't been there. Any other suggestions that you would say where we can actually be a good friend rather than making things worse? I feel like sometimes it's better to just not say anything at all and just listen and just be that shoulder, you know? Um, go go to lunch. Just listen, you know? you don't You don't always have to have something to say and... Because oftentimes those silly things that we could all, all of us widows could probably write a book about are those things that people feel like they just wanted to say something, but it's in that moment that it's probably best just to not say It, it would have been better to <laughs> not talk. That's good to know. I think all of us yeah. can take that advice. Cindy, I see you nodding. Absolutely. That's part of, I think, what our group's focus is that makes us a little different, too, is not just... Um, walking that from grief to growth journey for ourselves, but also pave the way for widows that are newer and for widows that are going to happen tomorrow and next year, just to educate our community, reach out to the places that are serving widows like churches and funeral homes and uh, make appointments with them to kind of sit down and say, what are you doing for widows? And can I talk to you a little bit about why that maybe isn't working? Mm-hmm. That that seems like that would be so helpful. Um, for those who w- who do want to support your club and get involved with helping with this crisis fund that you talked about, what is the best way that they can do that? Um, go to modernwidowsclub.com and um, under the give section, Choose the St. Louis chapter on the drop-down menu to keep every dollar here local. Um, That's one way. Another way, if you own a business, um, you have products or services that you want to donate, you know, you can reach us at St. Louis. uh, Actually, on that same website, there's a contact link, but it's St. Louis at modernwidowsclub.org. Um, you can reach us and, and let us know that you're willing to give. And we take donations of snacks and stuff for the meetings or ways that we can bless our our um, our widows members. You know, everything from a hotel room to a spa treatment to anything, it, it all can make a difference. And if people want to get involved and join this group themselves, um, what's the best way to go about doing that? Um, we actually have a St. Louis Modern Widows Club um, Facebook group. And I mean, we screen people to make sure that they're truly widowed, um, but they can definitely connect there. And then we typically meet the second Sunday of every month between 2.30 and 4.30. Um, but you can you can find our meeting times at modernwidowsclub.com as well. Okay. I did have one last question I wanted to ask both of you here. Um, You talked a lot about that growth that's necessary when this is happening at at such a young age. And I'm wondering now in the place that you're in, as as you look back on what has happened in the last 10 years, the last five years, um, what you're thinking of as you look back at your younger self and, and where you are today. What's your sense of, of accomplishment there? Oh, gosh, I say that my husband, Corey, wouldn't recognize who I am because before I was so shy and timid and I didn't know who I was, but I've had no choice but discover but to discover who destiny was. And um, I have also discovered that it's possible to find joy again without forgetting what's what what once was and um and you have a you beautiful know, little boy yeah it's you can still be happy and not forget and you can still be happy and you know find love again if that's something that you want without losing the love that you once had um it's okay to move forward um i've been remarried i have a little two-year-old and another on the way and you know life life still has its traumas and there's still days that it hurts really really bad but i'm discovering how to navigate through this and 
there's hope, you know, it's, it's not always going to be this earth-shattering pain forever. One day you're going to figure out how to survive, but just take it one day at a time, one minute at a time, and know that tomorrow's a new day. Cindy, what about you? Um, what Destiny said about that moving forward and still being able to hold on to that love that was once there, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to people other than widows. I think it's that bizarre widow heart math. For some reason, we can fully love what we had and still have enough room in our heart to fully love what we have or what's coming. Um, so I would say probably looking back over my last seven years, I have um, not done everything to protect myself and in the best, smartest ways um, from financially to relationships to everything. But I can look back and say, um, I overcame those things. And now I can reach out to women that are going through similar things and hopefully help them kind of avoid some of the things I fell into myself because I didn't have other widows to say, hey, you know, let's walk together. Mm -hmm. So um, that moving forward while reaching back philosophy of Modern Widows Club is um, something I'm really proud of as I get these emails for our chapter from women saying, thank you for doing this. This means so much. I felt so lonely. Um, it's a very lonely experience to become a widow because not only does, you know, your closest friends not know who you are, you don't know who you are. So everything you thought you knew about yourself is now completely foreign and you're recreating it in the moment and it's terrifying. So to meet someone else who's had to do that and to be a part of women who are just starting this journey and partnering with women who have been doing it alongside, you know, a little bit longer like me. It's amazing. I'm proud of it. And I think that my husband would be very proud of where I am today. Well, Cindy Williams of the Modern Widows Club, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And Destiny Klimaszewski, thank you for being here. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.